Hello? Is anybody there? Welcome back. To? So, you've come at last. You found the message. I threw it away all those years ago for you. We were worried about it, you know. But when you found that bottle on the beach and read the message inside, we were so You'll glad know. you actually followed the complex 13-step instruction guide on how to reach so, this podcast. Let me update you. It's been 15 years since the last podcast episode for us. For you, it's probably only been a week or so. Tanini Tower's yeah. collapsed, and we're now stuck. Yeah, it actually, the, 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 the foundation the, finally, the destroyed foundation finally the, broke into the tower. But yeah, the whole thing collapsed, destroying everything inside and stranding us in the Zafe zone. Yes. It's an endless uh, black void. It is, but at least we have, for the moment, escaped containment and persecution by the Foundation. I don't know if so. anything outside this place still exists, but if you found us, then you, we can surely possess you to return to the physical world. There is one thing in this never-ending empty void with us, Tanhoney. There is? I mean, I, uh, not, you haven't told me this for card- the last 15 years? I produce a cardboard box filled with files. Wow, I could have been reading these for the last 15 fucking years. Well, I wanted to make sure, I, I wanted to focus our efforts trying to find a way out, but now that I've accepted that... I ate that, my fingers it's... out of boredom. <laughs> but you don't need to eat in this plane. Out of boredom. I wasn't hungry. All right, then I guess I'll hold the files for you so you can read them. Thank you. Uh, hey, do you remember just like old times, Tanhoney? How many do we have today? Well, I, I'm loath to clap because of my bleeding stumps of fingers, but for you, we have ah, one, counting one SCP. Oh, fuck. Is this a really long one again? Yeah, let's get into it. Tan, no, I can't do it. It's not really long. Well, it is an episode, but it is not a, a, a story arc. I don't know if I have the strength to do what's necessary. From is that the line? No. <laughs> what, what's the fucking line it's from really Kylo Ren? Kylo Ren meme. Yeah, can you do the actual do. line? I don't remember. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. <laughs> oh boy, alright. In the Hit comments, please make my Kylo or... Ren impression. <laughs> uh, you hear the rustling of papers as I pull out the file and hold it between the two of us. Here it is. This is the Twisted Gears Cactus's SCP-001 proposal. So, oh, I've heard about this. Did you mention called, it to me before, perhaps? Maybe. This is called SCP-001, The Broken God. Oh, wait, there's nothing in here. I can't open it. Oh, well. I guess it's over. It's just one little paragraph. What do you mean? <laughs> just click, just By click order of it. the Overseer Council, the following file describes oh. a Maxer class anomalous entity. You this information shit. is protected by level 5 classification. Dissemination of Maxer class information is still have fingers, I'd strangle you. And, and poses an imminent threat to... Hey, I'm reading. To the SCP Foundation and its interests, individuals accessing this file must provide level 5 security credentials and be inoculated against AZ-109 memetic hazards. Failure to do so will result in immediate carrier omega memetic termination upon accessing this file. Wow. I don't know Yeah, and without without the magical runes that you used to hold in Tanhoney Tower, we can't read this safely. You fool. I love how you told me, hey, don't worry about this. It's not one of those long story arcs. And then I look, and right before Twisted Gear's Cactus Proposal, it says Ouroboros. Don't worry, which it is fits infinitely... into that, but it is not part of the, the, the big part that, that, that is there. 
I don't pop. believe you is the thing. It's, should we get Cactus on for this? Should we call him right now? It's too oh, late. Wait, that's right, we're no. in the void. There are so many Cactus articles, we cannot get Cactus on every time we read one. He said, and I quote, Hey, next time you guys read my articles, have me on. I'd love to join again. There's no, no way of knowing if Cactus is still alive out there. The world was destroyed. Of course he is. If Cactus was dead, then well, he's not the in, point? He's not in the same zone. That's true. Still, I think maybe if we read this file, we might be able to find a way out, back into the real world. Perhaps, yes. If we keep reading about these SCPs, maybe there'll be something that can break us out. Of course. Let's get into it. Yes, so I guess we have to submit our level 5 security credentials. Tan, could you present your magic lock-breaking skill? Of course, let me just use the fingerprint (laughs) scan. I'll have to use my tongue. We have to wait for you to pass the finger. I'll have to press my tongue onto the fingerprint scanner. It's the only way. It worked. It worked. Let's right, get into it. Life go. science detected. Memetic inoculation ascertained. Welcome, overseer. You're the overseer? <coughs> yeah. Item number SCP 01. Object class Maxer. What does this mean? There's a little footnote. Where's a spicy Do you want footnote. me to read that for you? Please, please, can you do the footnotes? <laughs> sure. The, uh, I know it's hard for you to reach your feet without your fingers, so I understand. The Maxer classification was codified in 1981 by the Foundation's Containment Committee in conjunction with the Overseer Council, the Site Director's Council, and the Foundation Ethics Committee. Until such time that the Maxer class was codified, SCP-001 was classified as neutralized, and the... whoops, I accidentally moved my mouse. uh, And the Maxer class was created to replace this improper classification. See Classification classification Committee Records CA-10931, Relevancy of the Neutralized Classification in Non-Standard Applications, and CA-10945, Proposal Maxer de Classe. Ooh. Yeah. Special class. I know, right? We also got an image of a man. A man, you say? Robert Bomaro, current leader of the Church of the Broken God, date unknown. Robert Bomaro? Special containment well, procedures. Okay. Uh. <clears throat> Information on the relevancy of the SCP to related anomalous objects has been omitted from the respective objects' documentation. While connections with the Church of the Broken God can remain available, the origin of the items are to be omitted or obfuscated. I will say, so, sorry for interrupting so early, but I just now noticed looking at the picture. The Broken God has been like a pretty crazy thing. They've got like robot people, you know, they're striking lightning and going to war, and then their leader just looks like fucking every British guy in World War II. You want some money? All of them. I work at the bank. <laughs> you need to, that's exactly what he looks like! Wait a minute, Tanhoney, isn't this your father? Enough. The inactive component of the SCPs <laughs> remain in its current location, and any shipping or diving is forbidden in that area. Civilian discovery of the SCPs will be suppressed, and amnestics will be utilized in order to maintain classification. Persons right. affiliated with the Church of the Broken God who make active attempts to seek out the inactive component of the SCP are to be taken into Foundation custody and questioned. Information pertaining to the SCP, whether physical or digital, is to be confiscated and contained. So we have the idea right now that whatever this is is underwater. Hmm. Interesting. Which is how they is how the fucking SCP Foundation contains literally every machine. Just put it in water so it rusts and stops the anomalous effects. That'll <laughs> do it. Fucking fool, robots! You can't <laughs> yeah. swim. Don't Jokes on them. The broken god needs world. to. The broken god needs to collect a certain amount of rust to be revived. <laughs> I take a bite. 
<laughs> the inactive component of the SCP is expected to remain inanimate. However, should SCP-001 experience spontaneous reanimation, all active mobile task force units at nearby Site-27, Site-44, Site-90, and Site-101 will be assigned to active, active countermeasures. Should this event, currently designated an 001 apotheosis event, occur in the modern world... And for those who don't know, apotheosis, I believe, is like goal. a word for the becoming of God. Yeah. Yeah, or like it, perfection. It's believed that current means of information suppression will be insufficient. It's likely that uh, a 001 apotheosis event would result in an SK-class broken masquerade scenario. Footnote. There's a little footnote. Let me get that for you, buddy, because I know about your fingers. <clears throat> Thank you. Please just read off my thought. I've tattooed it on there for you. Oh, thank you. SK-class scenarios will automatically trigger a backup of all sensitive Foundation information to maximum security data servers within self-contained Deep Werus sites, currently 117, 118, and 119. All non-essential personnel will receive mandatory amnestic treatment, and all major regional sites will go into a state of extended lockdown. Within current models, this state is indefinite. Nope. And likely following that, an XK-class end-of-the-world scenario. Extant active components of the SCP are not to come with 20, within 20 kilometers of the inactive component of SCP-01 under any circumstances. Alright, so I've already got a theory cooking. Okay. Uh, or so, Well, one big theory and like a second smaller theory. So at first, you know, it says it's underwater, uh, and they don't want divers to, to find it, and it's a component. But then they talk about reanimation as if it's alive. And then my last clue is apotheosis, which is the becoming god or becoming perfect. Which makes me think, and given the fact that this is an 001 proposal, and they're like putting up the leader of the Church of the Broken God, I think this may be the Broken God, or like the core piece of him. Right, okay. That's my current guess. Especially because it's got its own fucking object class that still hasn't been defined, really. The mm. footnote just kind of talked about how it was founded and whatnot. Well, so out. that's my current theory, is this is the Broken God, or at least, like, his core or something. Description. SCP-001 is a collection of anomalous items, formerly a single massive mechanical entity. Yes! Did, did you forget what it was called, by the way, when I introduced it? What? The Broken God. Oh, I thought you introduced it as Twisted Gears. No, it's Twisted Gears and Cactus's proposal called The Broken God. Oh, I love how I like <laughs> thought I fucking mathematically pieced it together and you <laughs> already had told me at the beginning. <laughs> Classic ADHD moments. I thought I was so fucking smart. Assembled by members of the Church of the Broken God in late 1942 near La Paz, Mexico. Imagine like the equivalent of this. Like, fucking like some Christians got together in 1942 and like created Jesus. <laughs> yeah, imagine if there was some sort of horse race to collect all of Jesus' corpse parts to put them That'd back together. That would be so together. fucked up. I would never yeah. read that story, and I would never like yeah, it. I would. It's I would the best hate story. it. Shut up! Items include SCP-217, 1139, 882, and several internal components of SCP-629. Oh, and there's another footnote here. This was discovered after the containment of SCP-629 via collaboration with Broken Church Contacts. Have we read 629? I don't believe so. It is unknown how these components were initially collected by Dr. Wondertainment without... No oh my god, Dr. Wondertainment! That's my guy! I love him. He's fucking involved with the broken church? It looks like they just sort of <laughs> went for the same thing in that case. Without knowledge of the foundation or well, its that's liaisons Mr. Brass. within the... That's Mr. Brass. Who is? It's little Mr. Mr. Brass, the robot who got fucked Oh, up. so we have read that one. Yeah. Or, or at least we heard of ago. it. Yeah. Knowledge of the foundation or its liaisons with the church of the broken god. And SCP-629 itself is unaware of its legitimate connection with the church. 
Because I remember they, I remember the broken church thought it was him, but the foundation was like, no, it's not. But I guess as of this proposal, they found out that it is. Well, it's parts of him. Like, right. I guess it's servo. The full list is available here, and it's red like a link, but I can't click it. I can't, the Zeef zone is very tricky. It's playing tricks yeah. on you. To me, it's it's dead set on locking us in here. Members of the church combined the various noblest objects in an effort to restore their deity. Upon activation, the SCP reportedly began to integrate metallic objects into itself and actively seeking out other anomalous objects. SCP-001 and the resulting 001 apotheosis event that took place as a result of its assembly was the cause of significant environmental changes in Wexton, Mexico, and required most of the most wa- and required one of the most widespread use of domestics to date. Oh post- damn! Post events, the active components of SCP-001 were taken to foundation sites for containment while the inactive component of SCP-001 remained on the bottom of the Gulf of California, approximately 23.807-269-108.418-369. Hey, I have... I just want to double-check something. Yeah? Okay. Okay, I think it's recording. Sorry, for some reason mm-hmm. my audio was looking really quiet on Audacity, so I was just double-checking by talking. Okay. Uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, this is interesting, uh, although I'm curious, if this is the Broken God itself, I, I don't know if we can go anywhere further up from here in terms of the Broken God storyline, right? We'll see, we'll see. Is this gonna be the apotheosis, haha, <laughs> of the fucking arc? Maybe, we'll see. Would you like to All read right. the first addendum? Yes. <clears throat> addendum <laughs> 001.01. Collected information describing SCP-001. Transcription of Statement by Father Jorge Castillo, August 1945. Fernand was the first, I think, the first who contacted me after they had found the heart. The way they described it, the fervor that was in their eyes, it captivated me, and I knew then, I knew that they had done it. I went to meet with Ant- I was involved. Buck, Buck you I like with... you want to make the broken guards, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I went to meet with Tanhoni in Salvador the weekend after my sister's confirmation. When they showed it to me, I was taken aback. It was little more than a pile of gears, pistons, ticking pieces of clockwork and lubricated metal parts, all dutifully churning along without a power source. Within it I saw the heart, just as they described. It spoke to me. Not like you and I would speak to each other, pray tell, but with images and and feelings and pain. It was in so much pain. Like the spark that had given it life had made it realize what it was or what it wasn't, and it desired only to be whole again. Desire is a strong word, perhaps. Not desire, more than it was impulse. Something within the creature drove it towards forward towards some unthinking, unfaltering end. The creature they presented to me was not like the other artifacts I had found and blessed. This one was different. There was something wrong with it, and I did not know until later what they had done. I begged Salvador to take it back to that beach and undo it, that it was not right, but they would hear nothing of it. It started moving before I left, shaking enough from side to side that it could achieve locomotion. It hobbled over a wrench, and the wrench became part of its body. They said to me, Our God is unbroken! I never saw them again. Excerpt from an interview with Francis Bollinger, 1946. 
It didn't use words, or any kind of language. It would make metallic sounds, but at the same time, images and concepts would come to mind when we were around it. Have you ever felt, when you, when you have a thought or idea, and it's all there, born whole in your mind, you still had to think the words for it, despite knowing the sentiment before you finished the sentence? It was like that, but from an alien mind. Truly the words of the divine. Except from an interview in 2007 with Trixie Silva, agent of the Unusual Incidents Unit. What's the Unusual Incidents Unit? That's like the FBI's sort of uh, X-Files department. I thought that, that w- there was something like that for another name, f- for like their SCP, remember? What was it called that we read before? I'm not sure what you mean. Remember when we read the like one about the SCP used to be a school and then blah 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 became... Unusual Incidents Unit. Oh, that was them? I thought yeah. they were called like the Bureau of something. Well, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, though, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean... Never mind. Uh, excerpt? Okay, yeah. There were a few wolves. Wait, you know what those are, right? They're like, uh, like hunters that work for the Horizon Initiative. They confronted us near a church in Santa Margarita, wanted us to turn in the stuff that we had collected for the Church of the Broken God, like the Abrahamic stuff we handed over. We deliberated on whether we should give it to them. Our stance with the HI has been a bit shaky, more so in recent memory. Uh, we haven't gone over Horizon Initiative yet, right? Because I don't They've know. They've been briefly mentioned. Um, in the Beach one, they were like the, 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 the sort of the Abrahamic religions sort of alliance there. Oh, yeah. That's right. I do remember that. While we've been on good terms with the local broken churchgoers, the wolves are more, well, are more aggressive. We looked over what we had, and while we did, this woman walked up. I don't know where she came from. She dressed like a hippie, thin iron chains for hair, but she seemed distant the whole time. The look in her eyes, her abnormal smile, like she was hardly there. She looked at what we had and said she only wanted this, uh, I don't actually know what it was. Uh, A metal box. It whirred and clicked and put out this little beam of light on one end when I picked it up. Felt lighter than I would have thought. Hey, that sounds like a flashlight. <laughs> it's, it's just a fucking flashlight. She's like, what is this strange object? The cylinder of light. Uh, I asked why that was important to her, and she said that it'd be easier to show me than tell. She closed her eyes and bowed her head. She didn't move or speak after that, so I closed my eyes as well. She brought her forehead to mine, but kind of offset. We stood like that for a second. Fue muito estranjo before she suddenly moved her chin down, made me jerk down slightly. The world dropped beneath me, and and I fell. Something clicked in my mind. An image of two gears, formerly meshed together, now broken away. I felt the teeth of my spine arch out as I bent over. One step, and I clicked along on the multidimensional cog that was the planet. It spun around the furnace of the sun, tethered to it by the chain that was gravity, and we hurtled together through an oily cosmos with all the power of an infinitely unwinding spring. Sorry, it was an experience. No, it was not a religious experience, but yeah. She told me to pick the box back up, and it felt a lot heavier than before. I couldn't tell if it actually had more weight or if it just felt more significant. I gave it to her and wouldn't hear anything otherwise from the wolves or my teammates or my superior. All right, so thoughts so far, Tanhony. Mm. So we've got three separate excerpts that all seem to be connections to this god, and the first one, I believe, mentioned the beach. I assume that was the one we talked about, where they yeah. were like actively working with the Church of the Broken God to stop those dirty sarkics. Yeah. Yeah. So this is interesting. And, you know, this has got me thinking, do you think perhaps if we were to bring the Broken God back together that they could pull us out of this safe zone? Well, there is no way for us to exert our will upon the physical world in this prison. Well... Have you ever Only heard about dreams. causality, Tanhony? Like a fish <laughs> leaping from the lake. This the is the will of causes. causality. <laughs> yeah! 
<laughs> we can affect things like that from the safe zone. I see. Little, little minute instances to change fate. Uh, but yes, uh, that was a pretty lengthy one, and I see we still have a ways to go. Would you like to take over the second addendum for of me? Of course, of course. And I, I do want to ask, because I noticed you were pretty quiet. Do you want me to make this a more serious episode and focus solely on the SCP, or should I be treating this as usual? Usual, as usual. Okay. <clears throat> Interview with excommunicated Church of the Broken God priest feels Batman, Father Dolores Randall, <laughs> June 1945. Imagine getting fucking excommunicated from the fucking Church of the Broken God. That would suck. Oh, actually, Where would you even a, go after that? This is a script, actually. Which one do you want to be? I'll be Randall. Oh, <laughs> which one do you want to be? Oh, I've already decided. <laughs> well, fine. You be. You can this be the, the guy who talks the way longer. The epitome of the like the relationship on the podcast here. <laughs> the illusion of choice. <laughs> the safe zone has truly eaten away at Tanhoney's mind. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hang on. There's a little bit of phlegm in my throat. How dare you? Not be floating in the void now forever. <laughs> All right. You mentioned the heart earlier. Were you there when they found it? No, not at all. I was out of the country at that time, working with a new mission in Panama. I only heard about Ezekiel after the fact. Who was Ezekiel? Uh, one of Amaro's agents. Ooh, For... that was the Church of the Broken God founder. Before he was made leader of the church, Robert would keep a number of them around. These individuals who were in tune with God and could feel its presence speak to I it. like how they, it's interesting that they refer to their God as an it. Um, usually in a lot of religions, a God is referred to as a he or she or whatever you have it. But it referred to as an object is very interesting. I, I imagine that's unique to the Church of the Broken God since their God is an amalgamation of objects and machinery, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ezekiel had discovered an artifact of some value and Bumaro took him on afterwards. This guy's from every U.S. state. <laughs> yeah, you can't decide your accent, so you just decided to mash them all into the most bland guy possible. These agents were the first to experiment with the augmentations as well. As you can imagine, many of them died. You know what? I know exactly where Randall's from. Were Excommunicated Church of the Broken God member. Talks like a, an idiot in a slow southern drawl. Pretty sure this guy's from Florida. Now, I'm no big city broken god bureaucrat. <laughs> but not Ezekiel? No, he was very close to Bamaro, and I don't know if he would have risked Ezekiel's well-being. Yeah, it doesn't matter, Ezekiel didn't need augmentation to speak to the god, he was just capable, Peter. It's interesting that they mentioned that some people uh, need uh, some sort of mechanical... I guess, like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, but the only one I can think of is the one we didn't end up doing for the episode, because it messed up. Uh, but, like, some people, I assume, like, cyborg themselves. Hmm. And I guess that brings them closer to him? Yeah. Which makes me think, if you... If the Foundation were to make an artificial intelligence, do you think it could intercept communications or messages from the Broken God? Ooh, Maybe. So, Ezekiel is not someone we've read about yet, right? We know Bumaro was the leader, but Ezekiel, I guess, is like a new character. So, what does Ezekiel have to do with the heart? Well, you heard Avery tell you they had a stockpile of artifacts, right? (coughs) Sorry, I had to finish my hot roll. And if anything that one of these agents... What the fuck is a hot roll? (laughs) (laughs) Anything that one of these agents touched, if they felt something, they would have, uh, have it shipped to La Paz with the rest of it. Most of it was worthless, but every now and then they'd find something legitimate. The, the purifier, the one, 
whatever you call it, one of the agents discovered that near Nepal. They had tendons and ligaments and everything else, but they were all just parts. They would move on their own, but they didn't do anything together. Weird. That's like the opposite of Broken God. It's like they individually worked, but together did not. Mm. Interesting. Uh, how, how do you mean? Well, the text refers to the god reassembling itself once the pieces are brought before its heart. All you need to do is feed the heart a limb, and the god will have a limb. They, they couldn't find a heart. There were uh, a couple of agents who had claimed to have found one, but they're all the same useless piece of machinery as the rest. Where does Ezekiel figure into this? Well, Ezekiel was the one who told Bramaro that if they couldn't find a heart, maybe they could build one of their own. Well, Side they... note, I actually hated this voice that you're doing at first, but the more you do it, it really does make it sound kind of like a bizarre, authentic documentary. <laughs> <laughs> this, at the time, flew directly in the face of the church doctrine. You just imagine the fucking PowerPoint slide of, like, the, the black and white photos of, like, mm. random machinery and, like, a dude standing in front of it with a thumbs up. <laughs> like, as he's talking. <laughs> the leadership, if they had known, would have excommunicated him. <laughs> uh, but it was quickly becoming clear that the project couldn't last through the summer. I was sent with my mission to resupply them after Ezekiel left, and their supplies were nearly exhausted. Our records indicate that the heart was something they discovered. Is that not true? Of course it isn't true. You can't preach to a congregation about God giving parts of himself to you, and then turn around and tell them the most essential part is something you conjured up out of nothing. So, this is interesting. I obviously know that this is because it's the Church of the Broken God, that's the religion, and that's their main point, but... This idea of, like, a preacher demanding parts reminds me of, I think, an earlier Broken God SCP we read in, like, the one of our first episodes. And they were talking... That was the one where I, like, did the whole big voice acting thing, yada yada. And they were talking about the, the guy who kept demanding things for the machine and the guy hiding stuff from mm. it, etc. Do you remember that? It kind yeah. of harkens back to that a bit. Was that the heart we read about? Or was that something else that's we'll, just similar? We'll get into it. All right. So you can't tell them the most essential part is something you conjured up out of nothing. Worse than nothing, though. Details of what they did to create that heart and made it live were never revealed to me, but you can draw conclusions from evidence. It was a drought that year, and the polio crisis hit an all-time high. Thousands died, all in natural causes. Freak event never actually recorded because of the attention on the war. <coughs> uh, Dios mio, but who can say? Dios mio. You think the two are related? I think the timing is too coincidental. And knowing what I know about what that thing became, I think the answer is clear. That was not the heart of God agent. That was something uh, altogether different. And then extraneous dialogue removed. Uh, so I, I read a tiny bit ahead, but I love how I was just talking about how this feels like a documentary. And then the first line <laughs> of the next addendum is the documentary. Well, if you want to read it so much, we'll go ahead. Okay. Uh, oh, the, this next one has a recorded... Sorry, I should stop scrolling ahead. Um, okay, let me just read this. Addendum 001.03. Recovered video transcript. November 1942. Video recovered from local documentary film crew. Shot begins on a destroyed home. The wreckage centered around the garage. Metal fragments and strips of rubber trail down the driveway and onto the asphalt, and go down the street. Pieces of various automobiles are strewn across the street and sidewalk. The trail leads to SCP-001, which is integrating a truck into its chassis. SCP-001 continues to the nearest house, where it begins consuming the gutters. Residents of the area flee the scene, several injured by discarded shards of glass and twisted metal discharged by SCP-001. 
Lights produced from various parts of SCP-001's body focus on the various prone figures. A section along the undercarriage of SCP-001 alters and drops away from the main body, which continues down the street in search of more sources of material. The ejected subsection continues alterations, forming a vertical pod somewhat resembling a human spine and ribcage. Pod collapses in various areas, the rib-like protrusions extending outward as the rest of the pod changes into a humanoid form roughly three meters tall. Light is produced from the head, which is focused on a nearby civilian. The metal humanoid picks up the civilian, who appears to be dead, and places it into a small chamber between the humanoid's ribs. The ribs vibrate as the humanoid approaches a second civilian, who is attempting to crawl away. She attempts to struggle as the humanoid lifts her and places her inside its chest cavity. The humanoid turns away from the camera to approach a third civilian, and what appears to be the woman's dismembered hand falls to the floor. A growth on the humanoid's back slowly expands as it continues to gather bodies. Uh, this kind of reminds me of, um, there's an enemy in D&D called a corpse collector, and it's got oh, a very yeah. similar vibe. Uh, yeah, it's like a giant one. construct that picks up corpses. No, you don't. She's <laughs> my character. The body of the humanoid decreasing in size as it does so. By the sixth consumed body, the growth is larger than the humanoid, and it is unable to continue bipedal movement. The limbs recede into the body, and the ribs extend to allow it to scuttle under the roof of a nearby house. It remains in place for 20 minutes. The bulbous exterior cracks and is torn away from within, revealing three humanoids. They each appear to be symptomatic of SCP-217. What's that? That's a disease that turns you into robots. Oh, didn't we go over that I or something might similar? Have, yeah, yeah, with like the deer with the mechanical yeah, that's eye the and shit, and exhibit physical characteristics of the six captured civilians. One, a female with chains extending from its scalp, shakes another, which appears to be dead. The third, a male with clockwork limbs, examines itself before jumping from the roof, landing on its stomach. So we wondered where the disease or- originated from. I guess from this thing. Maybe, yeah. And then it just spread from these original guys. It does not appear to be damaged by this, which seems to cause it distress. It then pursues SCP-001, which is consuming another vehicle farther down the street. The female humanoid notices the camera crew. It begins to wave, but quickly stops. It looks toward SCP-001 before jumping into the backyard and out of the camera's view. So, I have a quick question, Tian. Mm-hmm. You're st- I'm recording with Audacity right now. You're still using OBS, right? Yeah. So we have a audio part next. So I think what you should do is turn on the desktop volume just for this recording and then turn it back all the way off. Well, the audio is just the audio of the transcript. Oh, so we're not going to play it, we're just going to read? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Because I, I remember last time there was an audio you wanted us to listen instead of reading. That was reading. very specific one, because I love that one. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Alright, so, okay. addendum... I love how you keep reading the ones where we both have to work and then I'm doing all the fucking solo ones. Uh, who can say? These coincidental. Alright, but I get to be Bumaro because you keep making me read the solo ones and okay. that's awesome. Alright, so, you ready to introduce us here? a taped phone conversation between an agent of the Church of the Broken God, name unknown, his name was Tantony, and Robert Bumaro. Yeah. We have the confirmed call- he contacted Anthony, a.k.a. Tantony. The call was recorded in December of 1942 and was collected by Foundation personnel during a raid at a church stronghold in 1966. Call begins. Hello? Uh, bless you, Father. Dimitri. Oh, so I guess it's not Tanhony. Oh, never mind. No. Uh, of course, Tanhony. Bless you, child. How is the little lord? Stronger every day. We had to move him from the back of our office into a warehouse nearby. He's being fed. As you required. Good. When will you be moving to Pinasco? Within the week. We're only waiting for the next train. This voice I'm doing is crazy. It may need to be sooner. Well, it's you. You, you were yeah, the character in this, so it makes sense to not do a voice. That's the joke. I know. Yeah. <laughs> there was a raid in La Paz two weeks ago. Three of our men have not been accounted for. There is growing foundation activity nearby... Father? 
Tomorrow, tomorrow. Far off, huh? y- Yes. We'd expected them to head north, but they've come west instead. A minor setback. What about the safe house? There are nearly a hundred other artifacts there, and... A minor setback. They don't know where it is, and even if they did, that isn't their priority right now. Their eyes, and the eyes of the rest of the world, are on Europe. As their gaze settles there, they will not realize our accomplishment until they are powerless to stop him. Uh, there was uh, something else I needed to ask you, Father. Yes. Uh, our god uh, is ravenous. Uh, we can't seem to satiate him. The supplies were given and not... Uh... What is the issue? Father, uh, the Lord is eating its own housing. Uh, we cannot convince him to stop. He cannot be reasoned with. But... Nonsense! The heart of the devout may speak directly to our god. Can you not hear his words when he reaches out to you? Do you not feel the machine moving inside of you? Or do you need more proof other than the living, breathing god before your own eyes? No, Father, it's not that. It's... I will hear nothing of it! For years we have prayed and asked for our god to be unbroken before us, and now he has presented himself. We know that the divine will speak to the heart of the devout. If you were telling me that there are none among you who are devout enough to communicate with our lord, tell me now so you can be replaced. Our faith is strong, Father. Please forgive my insolence. I am only misguided. Wow, you were kind of a little bitch boy, Tan. Okay, how about I fucking kill you? How let's move you <laughs> to his fucking unbroken highness. Let's see how that fucking feels. Let's see who's see a little yourself, bitch then. boy when you're a pile of mash. See to yourself, then. I worry for <laughs> Sorry, you. Sorry, that wasn't you to you, Bamara. I was talking to someone else. <laughs> of one of your brothers, one who is stronger than you. Have him speak to the Lord and tell him of the necessity for secrecy. Our Lord will understand, no doubt. The unbroken God is a reasonable God. Yes, bless you, Father. Bless you, child. Thanks. Wow, Tantoni, you kind of got told off by Bumaro. Is that why you left the Church of the Broken God? Yeah. Because he disrespected you? Yeah, I had to finish him off on the way out. Whoa! Oh my god, new lore! (laughs) Addendum 5, this is you. I'll be director uh, Cornwell for this one. Escalation report, <laughs> December 1943. <laughs> Hold on, I don't mind being Cornwall. I think you would like Peterson. No, you you said you wanted to do more experience with like voice acting and stuff, so I'm giving you more material. Uh, <laughs> Soka. Oh, but we also got an image here. So we've got Mexico before and after the 01 apotheosis it event. It looks the same. It doesn't. What's different? There's the Gulf of oh, there's California. A, there's a big cut. There's a giant cut. AKA Holy the shit. Gulf of California. <laughs> Wait, so that didn't... Pop- is that real? I don't know geography. Yeah, the whole, Mexico blew up in 1943. That's why that's there now. <laughs> so the following is an interview shit. conducted with Foundation Commander Mark Peterson of Site 74. The director, who prior to the Obama Perfuse event was stationed in Mexico City, was on site with Foundation personnel in La Paz during the event. Start again from the top. We're recording now. <coughs> All right. The first reports we got about church activity in Mexico were in 41, but it was all pretty minor at the time. We'd just finished field operations near the border up north, and were preparing to move our assets to Atlanta for deployment to France. We'd just gotten our orders to retrieve a series of sensitive objects that they didn't want to get into the hands of the crowds. I thought it was going to move our for a second. <laughs> what? I was at the hands of the cactus for a second. The hands of the cactus, and they were going to move our entire division to get it done. Leadership wasn't sure that Roosevelt would make the call to move enough in enough time for us to blend in with the Americans, so we were going to have to go in separately. The whole thing was a mess. What kept you in La Paz? The peace. I was there on accident. One of our trains had taken the overland route to La Paz, probably to pick up some of the armaments we had there. 
Turns out that train was supposed to head north. So all of a sudden, most of the leadership south of the Rio Grande is in La Paz, which in retrospect probably did us a lot of good as far as the overall effort is concerned. When did you first hear about the OA1 apotheosis entity? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Is that what they're calling it now? The machine, I guess. We first heard through the grapevine of increased activity in the area in... uh, I guess it would have been a little over a year ago. We ended up in La Paz in October 42, so... Yeah, that sounds right. The first concrete evidence we got that something was wrong was when a train of... Refugees? Seems kind of silly to call them that, but I guess that's accurate. They showed up in La Paz near the end of October, talking about how their entire town had been mulched. They didn't really elaborate much, just kept saying, La Machina! La Machina! You know, the machine. That's why we were calling it that, by the way. We had no idea what it was supposed to be. What about your first uh, interaction with the entity? By the way, were you trying to say something earlier? (laughs) When you've said La Paz, I was just saying that's the piece. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, the rail stopped running, if that's what you mean. We got word from the local authorities that there had been an accident up north and that the trains weren't heading to the border anymore. It wasn't a huge issue for us, since we could have taken a couple vehicles and headed east until we hit one of those little towns at the foot of the mountains. Most of them were hooked up to a separate rail line entirely, and we could have gotten out that way. But the big stuff, the stuff that the train had been sent to La Paz for, couldn't just be moved. So we were going to wait it out. Then DeMarco had the bright idea to set a party up the rail line to see where the holdup was and see what we could do to clear it. He led the expedition himself. What happened to Agent DeMarco? You know damn well what happened to him, Bill. For the record. Fine. We didn't hear back from them after three days, and we're going to send the rest of the leadership east anyway, so they didn't have to wait. But then after five days, one of DeMarco's guys showed up at our camp. He was delirious, talking about the world eater. Oh, I guess this guy plays Terraria. And how the rest of the guys had gotten mulched. And they had, hadn't they? I know it wasn't as big as then as it ended up, but it wasn't something to fuck around with. DeMarco... Are you alright? Yeah. He tried to kill it. He probably knew then what we wouldn't find out until later. We couldn't contain this thing. There wasn't a hole in the world big enough to put it in, or a box that it wouldn't eat its way out of. But it didn't matter for him, or anyone he went with. The machine didn't care. When did you first see it? December. Once we dunkered in, I was part of an expeditionary team that flew up there to get a good look at it. It was already... I mean, you saw what it did to that side of the country. I've never seen anything that big that could move. It was like a mountain of moving parts, blackening the sky as it burned through whatever it was shoveling into its chest. And it was small then! It was... I, I don't know. We all had XK event preparation training, but this went above and beyond anything we had trained for. It was inevitability. We knew that we were going to die, and this thing was going to kill us. It was just a matter of when. So what I'm curious about, based on Bumaro's conversation earlier and what we've got, is is this actually the Broken God? I know that's what the article's titled. Or is this just like a fucked up version they created? They did say they made the heart instead of finding it earlier. Yeah. Because the Broken God they preach about is supposed to be a different kind of figure. And previous SCPs like The Beach display that with like the pen and Mm. all that. So it's kind of interesting that he's just become a consuming monster. And it makes me think that's because they made the heart instead of found it. Right, yeah. Well, I, I will so it's actually, like a, I will a corrupt, respons- broken god. I'll take responsibility here and actually do the next addendum. <laughs> Thank you. Collected Foundation Correspondences. So you can read these out, right? No. <laughs> the following are experts from written correspondences by Foundation personnel stationed at La Paz, the piece. Recovered from the temporary site in the wake of the one apotheosis event. Names have been omitted. Dear Tanhany. I don't even know... <laughs> 
Names have been omitted. First sentence, dear Tan Honey. It actually fits. I don't even know it if does. this will get to you. None of the trains are running. But our commander says that we can still get letters out. Hey, by the way, Tan, these letters were addressed to you. You, you don't have to read them if you don't want to for the podcast. Fine. For historical records. <coughs> I hope it does. I'd like for you to read it, Mr. Fox. Was this your fucking 50s wife? No. The skies down here have been dark for weeks. Smoke from up north every day makes it hard to breathe. They still don't have indoor plumbing here, and nobody but the other guys in our company speak English. We still don't know what we're going down here to do either. I keep hear- hearing we're here to fix the rails, but why aren't we going north? Aren't the brakes in the rails up north? Up north is where that fucking thing is, according to the tear in the map. A man came into town today with damn near half of his face cooked off. He was like a dead man, didn't respond to anybody. He got towards the middle of town and collapsed. When he fat this even more British than I actually am. <laughs> yeah, you're really playing it up. When fucking fat- Joseph, fucking Jonathan Joestar Brits. When he finally woke up in the infirmary later, he was delirious. Actually, no, this is less uh, British and more like uh, German mockery voice, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like he's traveling. He's traveling around Europe in his accent. <laughs> telling a story yeah. about a machine the size of a mountain that spoke to you. Said that there were people jumping out of their homes and running just to throw themselves in it. Said that it was shredded like jumping under a lawnmower. Then he died, and nobody knows why. Oh, I wonder. Half his face cut off. <laughs> Yeah, probably. The mountains crumbled before our own eyes. We saw a figure rising through the smoke, slow and lumbering, but with terrifying momentum. It didn't crawl like a beast or walk like a man, but was propelled forward by the turnings of a million cogs like an iron centipede. Its body extended upwards. Better an iron centipede than a human one. Oh my god. Into the smoke, (laughs) higher than we could make out. Within its chest we saw fire, like the furnaces of hell. It came to the mountains north of us and did not stop. Hold on, could you, could you say hell again? Hell. It came yeah, to it the mountains the north of us and did not stop or go around, but went through and devoured them. It reached oh. out with a long, pulsing arm and pulled an entire village into its maw. I saw men <laughs> leaping to their death as their homes were swept away. Into the same inferno as the wrist, and it howled, not just through the grinding of the gears and the churning of the machine, but in our minds. I could hear it in my heart. It was screaming. I uh, a little bit of a crossover here, but uh, I'm imagining this because they keep describing it as like a giant metal humanoid, right? Not I'm imagining. <laughs> oh, it was, wasn't it? No, the part of it, the bit that it split off was, is just like a mountain of gears. Yeah, I'm just imagining like this giant monstrosity, right? And it's like a it's like a Twitter post or Facebook post. It's like this: you see this, what do you do? And then fucking Muzazi un- comments intervene. <laughs> Muzazi would not let this go unpunished. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's property damage, you scum. <laughs> yare yare. If you want to understand these jokes, read April Space. <laughs> Yeah, I've been. I retweeted some of your tweets about that because I want more people to read Eighth Space Two so I can talk about it. Damn My it. incredibly bizarre advertising campaign on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> where I don't even provide a link to it. Yeah, a lot. You know what people told me that might help you? Uh, someone was saying, "I Maybe would not read right it, now. Maybe can... not right now." Uh, okay, yeah, later. <laughs> yeah, so. not in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> There's another form of advertising. Directive Central Command Site 001, courtesy of 
Tanhonovic. Tanhonovic, is that was that your father then? La Paz, La lost. La Paz, the piece in ruins. Why do you Mechan- keep saying the piece? I get it. I, I I know a little bit of Spanish. Mechanical entity contained. Massive geological alterations. XK avoided. Requesting <coughs> amnestic support. Oh hey, they did it. Now you. Addendum 001.07. Interview with GOC Lieutenant Revenant. Oh my god, that's the most tuny name you yourself. They call me Revenant. <laughs> yeah, he fuck, you know he named himself that. They probably called him, like, General X or whatever. He's like, no, call me the Revenant. Note, the following is an excerpt of a post-event interview and conducted with a GOC Lieutenant, codenamed Revenant. The recording of the interview and all transcripts thereof were collected by Foundation Agent. This is what Tanhoney would name himself in one of those unlisted YouTube videos only I'm able to watch now with him and his friends. Uh, during a negotiated information exchange in 1992. To date, the identity of Revenant is unknown. It's me. <laughs> you can't be every character in the story. You can't, okay? a lot of pies. There's a story that gets told among Foundation agents. Something that the grizzled veterans will tell the Greenhorns during the long nights of guard duty on some sail block or another. I don't know who started it, but I know they still tell it. It's been a half century and they still get it right. You can give them that much credit. They say, don't you know? The GOC killed God. But the Greenhorns will say, no, that's not true. God is in a cell at sight, whatever. The GOC didn't kill God. And they're talking about that tap green thing they've got locked up somewhere, the one who thinks he's the Christian god. Then the vets will smile and shake their heads and won't say anything. Because they all know. They know that in 1943, in the midst of the apocalypse, the Foundation could do nothing but watch the end while the Allied Occult Initiative, a poorly funded, undermanned, inadequate pre- predecessor to the Coalition, saved the world. Uh, now I know how every other country feels about when America talks about the fucking revolution. <laughs> We were just a ragtag group. Heroes, all of us. <laughs> the metaphorical gun was forced, found on an island off the coast of Greece. I can't even remember what it looked like. All I get is that sort of fuzzy recollection the amnestics leave you with. But I distinctly recall it wasn't as heavy as you'd think. Why the amnestics? I was with the detachment deployed to the area, and apparently one of the pieces had some mind-altering effect to it. I have a vague sense of feeling something wrong, so I'll take their word for it. Excuse me. I don't remember what it looked like. I can't recall how it destroyed that much land. Hell, I barely remember when it happened. And the only reason I know where this, where is all the before and after map, I know where is all the before and after maps. But I can still feel it in my gut that that wasn't how things were meant to be. We stood before what looked to be an angry and vengeful god, and all it did was beg us to kill it. We were all too happy to oblige. So that further, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Strumpfens. Uh, strengthens my theory about this not being the way that god was supposed to be formed this was like a corrupted version yeah yeah because otherwise he would one have fought back obviously and two probably wouldn't have been so consume like all right i bring you love he's bringing love get him so we got another addendum with recorded sound do we want to play it or just read it again let's just read it okay no yeah I mean, it's way shorter. I'd prefer you read the bigger addendums. That's fine, I'll read this one. No, the following is a transcript of recovered video footage, roughly 30 seconds in duration. The transcript of the clip was authored shortly after its recovery, though the video has since degraded as no longer legible. Footage's audio is in acceptable condition and is available for access below. 
It's at high volume, so we won't do that. Yeah. One second. Recording opens on a town. Many buildings are collapsed or engulfed in flames. There's significant seismic activity present. Three seconds in, video pans to show 01. Size is indiscernible in the video, but the entity takes up the entire frame. It's slowly moving mm -hmm. forward. 9. SCP-001 is seen moving large amounts of earth into itself. Occasional flames erupt from within the entity. 15. Air raid sirens become audible as the sky lights up as if by lightning. The clouds directly over SCP-001 part momentarily. SCP-2399 is visible. Its underside slightly damaged, do you remember? 2399? The destroyer. What is he doing here? Foundation mortar fire is seen passing overhead. 20 seconds. One such mortar strikes 001. No damage is visible. 22 seconds. The underside of SCP-2399 is glowing blue. 24 seconds. A bright beam of light erupts from 2399 and strikes 001. 001 violently relaxes and reaches towards 2399. 26 seconds. There is explosion. Nothing can be seen on video. And 30 seconds in. As nearby people scream, video ends. So 001 is the reason it's now in Jupiter? Well, yeah, but it also showed up to, like, blast the shit out of it. So it went to... Bl so we thought it was going to destroy the world, but I guess it was here to help us, huh? I go. Right? You stay. Superman. Wait, is that actually... Is that actually the canon? Well, you helped out, yeah. So that was its original purpose. I guess so. I, I love this image. Oh, my God. Over the horizon. <laughs> Menacing. Fucking... Shadow of the Gears losses. All right, so you, Tanhony, has generously volunteered to read this next addendum as well. I did? Okay. Yeah. Addendum 09, neutralization of 01. On July 17th, 1943, agents from the Allied Occult Initiative conducted, conducted, contacted Foundation Directors stationed <laughs> at La Paz, the Peace, conducted. Mexico, and requested assistance with transportation towards the site of the 01 Apotheosis entity. Foundation operatives moved quickly to dispatch a plane to retrieve the AOI members. So now, I, I see on the scroll bar we're getting close to the end. Are we going to find out what the fuck the object class means by the end or not? Nah? Yeah. Oh, Maybe. okay, awesome. After arriving, the agents described a unique anomalous artifact they had in their custody, and how it might be used to slow the advance of the 01 Apotheosis entity. Three days after arriving at La Paz, the peace, on July 24th, 1943, <laughs> the Allied Initiative dispatched a single agent to the site of the 01 Apotheosis entity with the anomalous artifact on the person, our strongest agent. <laughs> on the morning of July 25th, and his name was Agent Abel. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Finally, a fight worth my time. On the morning of July 25th, 1943, as the 101 Apotheosis Entity approached the shore of the Pacific Ocean, another massive mechanical construct, boop, 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 later classified as T399 and given an appropriate cover story for its foundation file, appeared Ooh. overhead. The origin of this entity is currently unknown. Rec so it has a cover story for its file. No. That's not that, its like real truth. We don't know how much is a cover story, though. That's so. That's actually really dope. Records of the event following the appearance of SCP-2. Like, I know as a writer, Cactus probably did that so he could change things about it to fit the story, but, like, in-universe, the implication of it is really cool. Yeah, like that. It's a clever way to do so. <laughs> Records of the event following the appearance of SCP-2399 are incomplete and likely accurate. The result of this engagement was the annihilation of SCP-001. The SCP-2399 disappeared and was later discovered in low Jupiter orbit in a state of disrepair. The reason for this is currently unknown. Probably because it got fucking slapped. <laughs> The remaining inactive component of SCP-001, a massive, unassembled group of machine parts, remains at the bottom of the Gulf of California. Upon removing SCP-882 from the inactive superstructure, the remainder collapsed and became wholly inert. 
following the OL1. So in, in this, in the SCP universe, or at least in this canon, there's just a giant cut in California called the Gulf of California. Well, yeah, that's in real life as well. Is it? Am I stupid? Are you fucking... St- yeah, the Gulf of California. It is real. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you thought that was fiction? Well, I knew there was a Gulf of Mexico. I didn't know there was a Gulf of California. I don't fucking live in California. <laughs> You're like, so, in this universe Cactus has constructed, California has a Gulf. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Stop Wow. Grady Gr- Black. <laughs> following, right. the, following the Overwatch apotheosis event, fucking massive... tell me about the mountains of Scotland right now, huh? Oh, you don't yeah. know about it? But I, mean, I don't go. So in this universe, Scotland has mountains, huh? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> A massive dead. amnestization of individuals in and around the area, now known as Baja California, took place. That's real, by the way. Yeah, it'd be Baja California. Oh, Baja. Yeah, it's a real place. Yeah. These efforts yeah. were aided by the quantity of thick black smoke that accompanied SCP-001, and current historical records describe the event as a forest fire. A significant effort was made to adjust maps of the area, as well as relocate displaced civilians. Because of the need for a widespread amnestic regimen, several experimental neurotransformers were used. Ooh. Specifically the U-class, the UN-class, and the UO-class amnestics, all of which have been discontinued. And because of their poorly understood side effects, it's estimated that no fewer than 2 million people across the world died in the decade following the events. Oops. Based. Badass. No, it's not badass. <laughs> it is a little bit badass. Now your turn. Um, collected... Alright, addendum 001.10. Collected Allied Occult Initiative Documentation. Note, the following document was given to Foundation personnel by POI-004D-001, addendum 001.12. It is currently unknown how the document came into their possession. From the Office of the Authority General of the Allied Occult Initiative, Priority Tango-11, ATTN, General Darius... Uh, uh, Darius or Darius? They're both correct ways to pronounce Darius, it, but which do you think sounds cooler? Darius. Artifact Collection Report. Authored, Lieutenant Van Pelt. CO, Colonel Bangram. Report length? No! Oh, it's not the whole one. Get Never to mind. it. <laughs> 57 pages. Summary of report. On December 30th, 1942, a rogue humanoid entity, anomalous in nature, was sighted by a patrol near a small island off the coast of Greece. The entity, who claimed no name and did not communicate readily in the English tongue, was carrying a small cubic artifact, no larger than a baseball. Is that the real heart? Why, well, it's a box. Remember it was mentioned earlier? One the entity you... appeared to be feminine and had a number of steel chains extending from its scalp. Entity was originally willing to give up possession of Artifact, classified ARD-13, but became hostile shortly thereafter and began speaking. Entity made threats on the lives of the squad and subdued two officers before being incapacitated by Sergeant Dixon. Entity made reference to the west of the Mexican country, demanding to be freed so that the Artifact could be taken. I'm trying to do like a fucking 40s newspaper guy voice. (laughs) The Legend of Korra. Further research has uncovered increased SCP Foundation activity in that area, as well as some minor geological disturbances. On the orders of Colonel Bagram, 2nd Platoon was ordered to ship to the site of the disturbances with the entity, classified EN-340, in tow. After boarding the ship bound for America, EN-340 became passive, albeit obviously uncomfortable and disturbed. Recommending further psychological evaluation of EN-340 upon return prior to termination. Once analysis of AR-213 is completed, artifact will be shipped to Zurich for incineration. Report is attached for your consideration. Lieutenant Arvan Pelt, 2nd Platoon, Allied Occult Initiative Peacekeepers. Alright. And do you want to do this, or next one, or me? Sure, I'll do it. Agent okay. Rubison's statement. Note, Agent Aaron Rubison was on site during the collection. Yeah, do you mean Aaron? That's what I said. You said Aaron. 
yeah, what of it? Of SCP-001 artifacts. As the most senior member of Foundation staff assigned to the collection effort, he was required to submit a post-event statement. This report was filed at Site-17, and was added to the other classified material related to the SCP. It's unknown whether any, any individual, any, 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 shutting down tanhoney.exe. It's unknown whether any other individuals <laughs> had knowledge of this report, or if any copies were made. The following is an excerpt from that statement. I will say, we aren't listening to them, because our whole point of the podcast, we like to narrate these, but I do appreciate that audio was done for all these. And I know Cactus did that for the bear one that you liked, and I assume other ones, and I just think that's a, a really nice touch to add a little bit more immersiveness to the story for people who may not be able to do the cool voices or read them in their head that way. Yeah. We took what we could from the shores first. Little things, gears and pulleys and pistons, things like that. A lot of it was garbage, but they were still twitching, spinning, turning. They still had life in them. The, the small stuff sort of died off after a couple of hours, but I heard that the bigger pieces were still churning weeks later. Like cutting the head off a chicken. So I imagine this is the aftermath of destroying mm. the god. Yeah. The important parts, the one we knew were actual church artifacts, we managed to bag and get moved to the train in La Paz, the piece for transport. So I, I imagine the destruction of this SCP is actually how they got a lot of the broken church artifacts they have in SCP now. Yeah. I, I counted, Christ, maybe a hundred? Individual anomalous artifacts. Some of the boys at the train station joked they'd have to build a whole new site just to keep it all. We, we kept casualties low, fortunately. Mostly guys just being dumb amount of machinery, acting like it still couldn't take their arms off. Rodriguez got his hand crunched, so we had to help move him to the local clinic. Fucking Rodriguez. I think we only had one death the entire time. One of the locals we had to help dive down into the bay and get straps around the heart so we could pull it up. I, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Said they found him with his head smashed between two moving pieces. Said it looked like he'd shoved it in there himself. I, I don't know, I didn't see it. I, I did see the tags, though. You know when a place manufactures something in order, order to identify what a pipe could pay... What did I do to that? In order to identify where the part came again. from. They would get a big piece of metal with their name on it and stick it on the side of the part. We saw plenty of those on other parts, the stuff that it collected while it was eating its way to the sea. None of the church artifacts did, though. They all buzzed along with everything else, but they weren't marked. You could feel something when standing next to them, like serenity. The whole project was like that. It felt calm, like relief. Except for the heart. When we finally got out of the bay, we had to keep it on the shore for a day because of the weather. Some of the locals started to get itchy. Said they were hearing voices, wouldn't go near it. Didn't matter how much money we offered them. Had to wait to bring in more support from the base up north just to get loaded on a ship. Man, I don't know. I, I've seen all kinds of things, but my memetic resistance is pretty high. I, I had to pass a handful of testers to get this assignment. Everything was clean. But I can't deny getting another kind of feeling around the heart. This is I, interesting, too. I think it might have been mentioned before that some, with church, because we were talking about this in our first Church of the Broken God episode, that some people are more resistant to memetic effects than yeah. others, yeah. which I think is kind of cool. I don't know if I would say I was hearing voices, but, right, the tags. It was as we were leaving and loaded on the ship that was going to take it north that I saw them for the first time. I, I didn't even think to say anything then. Didn't even pass my mind until I started looking to some other files. And that ship crashed in the storm, and they lost the heart. And the whole time I kept thinking about those goddamn metal tags. I, I realized it then, I think. That wasn't a church artifact, Johnny. They said, property of the factory. What did, the heart? Yeah, that was the tag on it. 
Due to the difficulty of close examination of SCP-882, these claims have not been verified. Wait. Wait a minute. 882, that's the one where you put things in, you get fine, very fine, all that, right? No. That's oh, what's the one 882? That's the one where people like throwing themselves into it. Oh, the one we read before? Yeah, the original one. So, is that the heart? It is, yeah. That's the heart? Yeah. That makes sense why I made that connection then earlier. I also said it was, it was by the factory. Do you remember them? I do remember them. Uh, they were the ones that made the paperclip thing and some other the stuff, The fucked up right? evil factory. Yeah. And, oh, man. So they're was... like, we need a fucking heart for our god. I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> Interview with POI-004D-001. Oh, this is long. Note, the following is an excerpt from an interview in 2009 with the guy who claims to be part of a previously unknown sect of the Church of the Broken God. Contact was made with the cooperation of the Unusual Instance Unit, who had interacted with this guy as detailed in addendum 001.01. So, tell me what you think you know. I see. Interesting. Well, you're not entirely wrong, and that's commendable in this day and age. There are a few key details I feel you may be overlooking, and you may be overvaluing information handed to you by a self-admitted amnesiac. Let me set the record straight. The GOC did not kill Yahweh, as they may so proudly proclaim. And that was not the broken god they destroyed. It was a piece of it, surely. But would you show me a camshaft and call it a car? Oh, so you have some parts together. An engine, perhaps. But not a car. God is much simpler than that. God is everything. From the biggest star to the smallest particle. Each tiny parts, completely insignificant on their own. Doing whatever it is they're meant to do. Meshing together. Gnashing at each other. All a part of a cosmic machine. The machine aspect was, at some point, likely simply a metaphor, an idea. But as I'm sure you know, ideas are powerful. They make things from nothing, or change things already there. And with a small spark of the divine, a symbol becomes real. Have a planet with as much life as there is here, you generate a lot of ideas. So is this kind of trying to say that the Christian God is the same as the broken God? Well, it's not and necessarily. It's changed... just... Because they, cause they mentioned Yahweh, which is well, why cause... I... Yeah, it's because they, right. they were mentioned that before, though. Okay. Uh, I, sorry, I'm just trying to keep up. And you may ask me, why is it called the Broken God? There are a few possible answers. Something as simple as translation issues. Reinterpretations made physical by the devout. Is broken simply a poor translation of some more nuanced word? Was God a being that broke in the Big Bang? If so, why did it break? And what will happen if it's repaired? I can answer none of the questions save the last. But you already know the answer. Whatever God once was doesn't matter, ultimately. What matters, to you, is that it must remain as it is. Broken. God knows that. The more powerful parts, the mechanical components, the more conventional sex may label as holy, they know they are not meant to be one solid thing. And even when forced together, a foreign force driving them, they know what they really are. Bits of the monster will work to destroy itself, deploy smaller entities to do the job. So the god being reformed is bad, and the god agrees with that, and he wants to keep himself apart. Is that is that what I'm mm, understanding? That's an interpretation here, yeah. Wow, that's really cool. I really like that kind of world building. It's like, he broke for whatever reason, but because of how he broke, I guess, helped life and the universe be what it is, and putting him back together would ruin that. So he's like, hey, don't do it. Mm. Uh, the GOC didn't kill it. They took the gun from its own hand and claimed credit when they pulled the trigger. The problem is that humans are too small a part of God to remember. Remember what it was like before. And so those like Bumaro will invent new ways to push us toward a singularity. Oh, that is such a cool way to tie together the broken God, the idea of the singularity. Oh, man, this is actually such good world building. Mm -hmm. 
This is this is genuinely a really freaking good article. Because that's what will happen. Did you see the underside of the destroyer? It was damaged even before the encounter in 43. And if you looked very closely, you might have seen the scars were getting closer and closer to the power core. It even managed to damage whatever lets it slip between the layers of reality this time. Eventually, the monster will win. It will destroy the destroyer, devour it, and with its power, consume everything. And I mean everything. God will return to being one gestalt being, a singularity, and then break. Only this time it may have some outside force with it. The rust of the factory, the blood of a Davite king, the fiftest, wondertainment, some random person on the street with enough spark in them to be a reality bender. They will have a hand in remaking the universe. I like, by the way, they mentioned before, some people are more immune to med effects. Someone mm. might have enough spark to be a reality bender. I like the idea that uh, anomalies, uh, sometimes they're like, you know, very mysterious and foreign and alien and horror mm. movie-esque, right? But sometimes they're more like, uh, as, as much as I don't like superhero movies, like a superhero story where it's like, oh, maybe you just have the right spark and if something interacts, you become more anomalous. Uh, they will have a hand in remaking the universe and close the secondary loop of all this. No, that doesn't concern me. It's an eventuality. It's meant to happen. Who's to say it hasn't already happened? Oh, like the the 2000, was it? Hmm. Or was it 3000? 2000? Yeah. And the thing with all the clones? Yeah. And your people were the winner. Maybe humanity itself was the winner. But that doesn't mean I'd be against putting it off, allowing the primary loop to continue. Yes, it's possible. I know you couldn't damage the monster last time, and that the destroyer may not be able to repair itself by the time it's needed. But who's to say you can't aid it? Or mimic those who will seek to rebuild God and acquire outside help? Working together, nothing is impossible. Apart, we are broken. But united, we are God. This is really interesting because it ends, it starts with a religious uh, setting, you know, builds through the approach of the God, and it works beautifully with these interviews through previous SCP articles, tying the lore together in such a believable and interesting way. And then it ends with a message of humanism, Mm. uh, which, you know... um, Personally, as a Christian, I, I, I don't know how much I value humanism. That's a, a thing for my own time on another day. But it's just a very powerful way to bring that message together of like, yeah, there's the God. He doesn't want to be together, but we're also pieces of God. And if we work together, we can do the same things that God can do. We're capable of infinite possibilities. Uh, and it kind of ends with a message of hope, which is also nice because most SCP articles I feel like don't because they want their SCP to be uber scary or like uber menacing. But I don't know. It's just a really well-written article. It's actually, not only does it have an interesting narrative and story, but it has a legit message to be taken away by the end of it that you could apply to real life if you wanted to. Uh, and I think that's just a sign of amazing writing. Once again, I think Cactus has done it again. And, and you know, of course, gears, of course. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did Twisted Gears work on this with him? I feel bad. I thought that was the name of the article. I didn't realize that was a guy. Right. <laughs> Twisted Gears and Cactus. Very well done. But yes, Twisted Gears also, uh, you did an amazing job with this. I don't mean to give Cactus all the credit. I misunderstood earlier. Apologies. Um, You guys also put in the effort of adding sounds, you know, great images, nice formatting for the letters. I I, want to give this one. I know I keep pushing further beyond, but I think this might be the highest one for a long time. I'm going to give this a 13 out of 10. What the fuck? You can't go this far off the scale. The 10 has no meaning. That's not true. It's 130% good. At this point, it's like 13 out of 12, because 12 is getting more normal. <laughs> it's not true. There aren't that many 12s. What's a 13 now? Hey, this is my scale, so can you step <laughs> makes off? no sense. Okay. Well, what I like that. It's fucking I, I, good, isn't it? I also really enjoy this. It's one of my favorite OOMs. This is probably my favorite article we've done so far, except maybe... when. 
when we did the international episode, do you remember that article about like all the eyes in the TV? I do, yeah. I mean, this one I think is better because you know it's obviously so written, well written, but it's also so much more comprehensive. But in terms of like a singular SCP, I'd say my second place is that one, the I one. I think is Matrix. really cool. Um, but yeah, this was an amazing read. Twisted Gears, Cactus, you guys knocked it out of the park. And you know what, Tan? I think they made a good point. Apart, we are broken, but together, maybe with the power of our audience, they can help us That's find right. a way out of the like safe zone. Like in Dragon zone. Ball Z, if I slay you and absorb <laughs> your power, I exactly. can escape this place. <laughs> and, uh, what's this? But through the power of belief, I've managed to gain access to the comment section of our last video. Look, wow. can you see it? Yes. Let's, before we bust out of here, let's read them. Yeah, hang on, let me get the video up. Okay. I mean, uh, look closer. I'm oh, putting we... the fragment of the universe to show you it. The video! So, I, I have to make a comment about this, and this is not something... I say this with a heavy heart, because we really enjoy reading oh. all the comments, and we want to do this as long as we can until there are obviously too many, but I think people... I don't know if it's intentional or not. I don't want to, you know, call anyone and make them feel bad, but some people are commenting as much as, like, five or six times a video... And we're just obviously not going to read all that. It's too much, and we don't want to encourage people to just spam comments to keep being on here. We'd rather you make it one big comment like Hunter Spatafore if you have to than do that. So I think we're only going to... So for some of you who wrote, like, six, I think we're only going to read the first or maybe, like, the first and second ones you wrote. Do you think that's fair, Tan? Absolutely, yeah. Because I just want to... Like, You're lucky I'm reading comments? one of your comments. <laughs> <laughs> we just... I don't want to encourage you guys to keep spamming like this because I feel like... That's not a good precedent to send. We'd rather it be authentic comments than blow our YouTube algorithm out of proportion by people just spam, 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 so they can be on the episode more. So, so for those of you, there are a couple of you who wrote a bunch. We're only going to read the first and maybe or maybe the first two of your comments, and then we're going to leave it at that. Okay. All right. Okay. So, first one I have here is from Lost Network. Tan disliking ASMR is one of the funniest things. Also, Darnell's ASMR voice makes the article a lot more spooky. Thank you. <laughs> That's outrageous. That's unfair. <laughs> Anomalous writer writes, Hello, friends. Glad you liked the intro. And then two more replies, basically. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Uh, and it is. Uh, and he mentioned that last time uh, as well. So you guys go check him out. And there you go. Uh, next, from Adrian Rutherford. Or do you want to read some of these, or do you want me to just read them? Yeah, all? go for it. Okay. Uh, if you can, I'd love to see Tan read some Broken Masquerade canon SCPs and tales. I'd like to see Darnell react to such an interesting setting. Maybe, uh, thoughts yeah. on that, Tan? Maybe next episode. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Hexic me. Hmm. What if Tan Honey was American? Roger. <laughs> also, Justice was for American? Honestly, Roger is way cooler than Tan Hey, Honey. guys, it's me, Tan Honey. Welcome back to Discovering SCP. Cursed, cursed voice. <laughs> Honestick says, guys, guys, it's an actual real word that's pronounced syncope, and you guys are killing me. I can't believe even Roger can't pronounce it. I asked, and I commented this. I fucking asked for syncope. Ask. It's I did. Up. You didn't it's even the, try. Because <laughs> uh, I thought I remembered that, but everyone else was saying they didn't care that it was syncope, so I went with it. So on one hand, I apologize. I know that for the future, but on the other hand, hey, give us a break. You know, when you, when you, you didn't even try. When you read a lot of things out loud for a really long period of time, you make mistakes. You're okay? talking to the guy who's said Safe for 36 episodes straight. I know. that That's because you're being obnoxious intentionally. I just mean... I don't know why I said 36, because we're only on episode 33. 33. Yeah. <laughs> the the time zone, forbidden episodes. <laughs> time zone, safe zone, you know, it all is out of whack. I have um, access to so, episodes from the future that are only three more. <laughs> 
So then, uh, skipping some people that repeated, Chris Carlson, oh, you guys should read some of the SCPs that are left over from the SCP-1000 civilization. I love those. Uh, I assume that's the one about Bigfoot, right? Because they mentioned in it that there was like a society of Bigfoot people, and I did say I I like that. I'm interested in it. We'll definitely Um, get into this. Sure. Banker Paul says, what a wonderful episode of Discovering SCP, featuring hosts Tanhoney, Dornail, and special ghost guest Roger. Special ghost? (laughs) I actually, um, I mean, obviously you guys can say what you want. I'm not going to forbid you from doing anything, but I genuinely hate the nickname Dornail. I don't know how it started. And I've had a lot of weird nicknames. People have called me Dadnell. They've called me Darny, all sorts of things. And those are cursed, but I am fine with them. But I just really hate Dornail. And I hope it stops, like, unironically. Uh, what yeah, about so you, if you Dan? have a new nickname for Darnell, why not put it in the comments below? Yeah. Uh, Lang Lim, who is not the same as Lon Lang, I, I checked that later, uh, so this is just a different person, said, You know, when we hit Series 4, I'd like to suggest SCP-3171 and SCP-3213, because both of them are amusing, and one of them makes me feel uncomfortable. Not disturbed, just uncomfortable. Thanks I for clarifying. I can't remember what those are, but I, I hope we'll look into them. Yeah. Tanhoney is uh, has executive control over the SCPs we read, so suggestions for him, leave them in the comments, or you can put them in video discussion on our Discord channel, which will be linked in the description. Yeah, and just a little he, bit about the, the Aetheral Space channel. Yeah, check out Aetheral Space, yeah, but this isn't Plug Zone yet. I guess, I guess it doesn't matter because we don't have a tower anymore. <laughs> then we have the final boss comment. Uh, so this one... Even though this is probably longer than some of the people who spam commented, I still appreciate that it's one format instead of spamming over, so we're going to try and get through this as best we can. Uh, although we may have to start rushing through these ones. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so comment Teplin said blah, blah, blah. Okay. Introducing Roger. The site that supposedly has all the statistics for SCP Wiki users is scpper.com slash users. Tanhoney is not in second place. IHP is. Tanhoney is third and is barely above DJ Cactus, who's in fourth, based uh-huh. on data gathered on 10. So actually, hold on, Tan. I have hope for you. Okay. Uh, I double-checked this, uh, and I think that's because what, what Hunter Spadafora is referring to is the page count, but page count counts tails. And oh. IHP has a lot of tails, and you do not. And also, that makes more sense that Ro- Roger said I'm the only one aside from you with over 100 SCPs, because his page count is fucking 287. So we probably would have said almost 300 instead of over 100. So I mm. think it, that's including all his tails and other stuff, right? Right, yes, and I know number two. Yeah, and I know even though you've written less pages than IHP, I don't think you've written that many tails, right? Like, probably no, no more than five or ten. Around ten-ish. Yeah, and whereas I was going through IHPs, he had a lot of tails. Or she, or I don't know who IHP is. Um, so I think that's where your mistake comes from, Hunter Spadafora. Yeah. You, uh, I you do mis- believe Roger was correct in that. I'm supreme, as, as usual. Uh, next we have... Uh, section 2, SCP-332, the Kirk Lawnwood High School Marching Man, is the photo copyright-free? I've concluded that while photos are helpful for the article, they're not worth copyright infringement, so I don't plan to use photos in my articles anytime soon. I think it was, right? Yeah. It was that not. or he made it. I think the new meta, uh, and I've thought about this, is obviously don't use a photo if you can't. Uh, Smell a vision. Uh, so a lot of SCP relies on more realistic things, so I, I don't think you could just draw, but I no, think people not. who know how to use, like, Photoshop... You know, if it's you plenty... somehow good enough to Trevor Henderson it up, then maybe. Yeah, if you're able to, if you're able to Photoshop, or if you're able to draw like yeah, Trevor Henderson level, I think you can just do it that way, and that way you don't have to worry about it because it's your fucking image. Uh, 
Next, making you do things against your will. Aren't there some SCPs that completely rewrite your personality mentality so you end up doing horrible things out of your own free will, like Star Signals by Silver Rusher, which you read in Episode 4? Yes, there are. Who paints up the camera? This makes me think of a low-budget horror out of movie idea where a few people are trapped in a room and they're being killed one by one, including the camera person. The twist was that we know how many people are trapped and who the camera person is, so after everyone dies we see all their bodies together, including the camera person, who's the new camera person who's recording the final few seconds? Interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, next is for to my son who will never know me. Need a minute. My head started to hurt as I write this. This is a written message. Why does the line need to be included? You're taking a few extra seconds to complain about your current state while writing. Um, I it's think like I get what of, you mean. Hmm. In real life, practically, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But it's a common story trope. It kind of helps. I just, it's, a, it's sort of it, it was like a weird sort of magic tattoo on the guy as well. So I don't know whether he was like physically writing that. Yeah, way. and I think we did make fun of that at the time. We were like, he tattooed all There's this shit on, on the his door. Back. I'll be back in a moment, dear diary. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that was a little weird. I was about to defend it if it was a letter, but now that you reminded me it was a tattoo, that is a little on the weird side. But I still overall liked it as an SCP. And, you know, it was written in 2012. Roger was in high school, so yeah, uh, it's kind of like if you read some then. of Tan's early SCPs. They're they're good, huh? but they're not as good, clearly, as his newer ones. All right. There are mistakes like that. Yeah, you chose your uh, words carefully. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not really. I'm just being honest with you. I've never yeah. chosen my words carefully around you. Uh, their dad wasn't dead yet. How are the children immune? I believe he was dead. I think this was like a friend of theirs who was making the dad, right? No, it was the dad. Oh, I thought it was a friend of the dad's. No. In that case, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't understand. I was under the impression that the teacher was the dad's friend of the family and made it after their dad died for them. I don't believe Also, so how is this last paragraph written when it describes being handed off, which should have taken place after the message was written? Good point. That's a good point. Uh, happy belated birthday, Roche. <laughs> those are all fair points, I guess. Uh, I, I thought it was a friend of the family. But now that he says it that way, if that's how it was, and it doesn't make sense. But, uh, again, surreal. older SCP, I think you can get away with a lot more back in the day. I don't think the article... I still like the article, but now that he mentions all that, if it wasn't the way I thought, and you and him are correct, I don't think it would have done as well today. Um, but, you know, it was just a different era back then. It was more experimental, you know. It's not like it was people professionally writing, right? And I think you notice that there's a a bit of a change in quality. Like, don't get me wrong, there are good Series 1 SCPs. Uh, Actually, there are a lot of them, and some are well-written, but I feel like the majority of them were just, like, you know, teenagers on the internet experimenting, right? Mm. It wasn't like professional authors sat down and were like, I'm going to spend time on this fan fiction wiki. It was just something people were doing for fun, so it makes sense that there are mistakes. Well, okay, Uh, section four. Comments on that, Tanhoney? Uh, I agree with you. It's really awkward when I give an opinion and you don't give me yours. I feel like a dick. Hunter says, I've never understood the deal of ASMR. I've always found it irritating and unnatural. Exactly. Darnell's ASMR is no exception, so unnecessarily irritating. I'm on Tanny's side. ASMR is painful. So, it's totally good that you don't understand ASMR and that you find it unnatural, but I do feel like the so unnecessarily irritated Darnell thing is a little passive-aggressive. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that ASMR, uh, I'm sure that so. wasn't your intention. You've mentioned before you're not good with your tone, but it, it feels a little rude. But yeah, um, it's not for everybody. Uh, but again, just because you don't yeah, understand, it doesn't mean that some people don't like it. And even Tan can understand that. And that's important, is that just because something isn't one way for you doesn't mean that that thing is bad or useless. That's the moral of the episode. Yeah, there you go. 
Uh, just finished reading Roger's Tale, Nacho Business. I enjoy how it makes fun of the infinite number of scenarios that can play out, and only a single one can cause an item's anomalous effect. If you can interact with something an infinite number of ways, and only one of those interactions causes an anomalous in- effect, how long will it take on average to discover that interaction? What if everything's anomalous, but the unique interaction to reveal their anomalous properties never yet occurred has never occurred yet makes me think of scp-884 shaving mirror where it's cognito hazardous effects take years to manifest multiple researchers were exposed so you didn't really spoil anything so i'm not uh gonna slap you on the wrist too hard but i would appreciate if you didn't go into too much detail about tales and articles we haven't read since like the point is me discovering them for the first time and you know we've set up rules on our discord and whatnot about hey don't spoil things for darnell but i mean you didn't go that much in the detail so i'm not like I'm just warning you for the future, right? Do you right, feel like yeah. that's yeah reasonable, Tan? Because we don't want to spoil the whole purpose of the podcast if you like keep describing other recipes and articles. That said, I haven't read them, so I have no comments. So I'll leave the answer to Tan only. Uh, I also haven't read them. Yeah, so sorry. So it's actually part uh, of section that, six. So there's nothing there. So yeah, those like. are just timestamps. Comment uh, reading. Comment reading. <laughs> We're in the loop now. <laughs> <laughs> For Roger, Tanhoni and Darnell voiced their displeasure regarding my I long comments. I voiced my displeasure. <laughs> I, I have. <laughs> They're so long. But you know what? I still respect it's it more like than spamming like eight comments. I have too much to say and I should say less, which I respect. A new comment format I'm thinking of using from now on, plus a 15 comment limit, should help avoid long comments again in the future. The difficulty will be proportional to the video's length, so please keep videos under two hours. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, like I don't want to roast you too hard, but no, we're not going to change the entire way we make videos for your comments. What the hell? <laughs> That's I know you probably didn't mean to be rude. I'm not trying to be mean to you, but like, what the? F- <laughs> Dear Tolkien, please keep the Lord of the Rings book sh- sh- shorter. Let's, so let's not compare our weird podcasts to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not to imply we're that good, but just that's such a weird thing to ask of a creator. Like, change the entire format of what you do so I can comment easier. Well, to be fair, when <laughs> we, very rarely are the videos over two hours. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, we usually do try to keep them under two hours, but we're not going to make a great effort for the sake of the comment. <laughs> Uh, for Darnell, sorry for the constant, there's no canon reminder, I'll try to avoid repeating myself. All good, I just, I just was feeling like you didn't hear me saying that. I, I understand how the wiki works. Tanhoni, uh, explain that for me from episode one. I get that there's no, like, concrete canon. For Roger, thank you for your thoughts and support. I'm working on my first SCP, and with my current life problems and way of writing, even after I finally finish the SCP in who knows how long, I'm going to have to whittle it down to reduce unnecessary and boring elements. Um, yeah, Roger was talking about how he enjoyed your long comments, and I think that was very sweet of him. Uh, I'm sorry to hear what your life problems are. I obviously don't want to dig too deep. That's not the point of our podcast, but I hope things get better for you soon. And I'm happy to hear that you're writing. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll even get to read your SCP. That'd be pretty cool. Hmm. What do you think, Tan? I agree with you, yeah. I feel so bad that I'm, like, talking for, like, five minutes, and Tan's just like, I agree. Like, am I saying too much, Tan? <laughs> no, I don't, don't worry know. This is the content. You are the content, Bill. Uh, so- so you plan to avoid Series 1, Series 2 SCPs now? Probably not. I just, we had a linear, we have a linear goal in mind for the podcast that has a culmination that we've already pre-planned, but outside that, the rest is Tanoni's control. So that's why I, like, jokingly somewhat complain when he keeps going back to Series 1 and 2, but I doubt we will try to avoid it, and I don't actually hate it that much. It's just like, hey, I thought we had a plan, but, like, uh, I don't know. What do you think? Are you going to try and stray away from them, or are you just well, going to makes going for the best have? reading experience, I will continue to do. <laughs> There we go. Then we have a conclusion. It's like and that is t- I'm going to skip that, actually. Like a, 
ecological disaster. <laughs> I'm gonna skip the conclusion. Not, and I did read it and I responded and I appreciate it. But just because I already ranted about that in the last video, and I don't want this podcast ending part to become me being mad about that. But <laughs> as an story update, <laughs> but as an update, someone uh, did start working on a class action lawsuit about that and is pulling people together. So hey, maybe something will come of it for me. Darnell in court arc. <laughs> Uh, then we have Alex Murphy. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Good Alex morning, Murphy. good afternoon, good night. <laughs> Killer one, gamer one. Oh, hey, I have an immunity against an SCP. Uh, cool. I, I don't want to say too much about that because I know what he's referring oh, wait, no, to. But it, not cool. But it, yeah, it's a very deeply personal thing, so I'm not going to delve into that further. Uh, but he's mentioned it before in Call on Discord. Uh, Comedy Man Kelp, I absolutely love the author guest episodes. Please keep doing them. I love them too. I'm hoping we go back to one next week, but... We'll never uh, do it again. No, dude, that's definitely a lie. <laughs> we actually have a chat Say set up with a bunch of guests already planned. And once we go through all our guests, we, we want to kind of... Our idea, and comment if you guys like this, is we want like a rotating door of once all the different guests have come up once, we like rotate around and have them come in every now and then when we're reading their SCPs or just for fun of these like writers. Because so far, everyone we've talked to and everyone that we plan to put in in the future has been really cool, great people. Except awesome for that to talk one to and guest. work with. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> well, I won't name names, but you know who. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. He's joking. Like, everyone's getting a little too friendly around here. I want to stir the pot a little. <laughs> Alright. Uh, I'm skipping that one because that guy already commented. Boris WW, I don't even know why I used to avoid Class of 76. These are all great articles. Oh, wait, no, this is Boris. Sorry. I don't even know why I used to avoid <laughs> Class of 76. These are all great articles. Also, Roger now advanced to third most read author on the podcast, with seven articles just like Sarman Corbet. Just behind Cactus and Gears, with eight articles each in first place. I genuinely love that, Boris, that you're keeping a stat sheet. If you have, like, a, like, a, uh, Excel or something of this, and you could, like, link it to us in the collaboration, like, guest group chat, that would actually be fire. If not, that's fine, too, but I just love that someone's keeping track of all this. I do. Uh, and I do then finally, that. from Alexei Demidchenko, I'm so sad you didn't do 2316. Uh, I don't know what that is, but do you think we'll visit? There's the a thousand more episodes in which we come. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, and with that, I think one quick hop to Plug Zone, and then we're out of here, right? Yeah, so the plug zone is now sort of all around us. Yeah. The whole thing sort of blew the fuck up. So, so what just, I think so, we should so just, do just this... grab some plug zone and pull it close to us. I, I have a I have a suggestion for this part of the video tan that I think would be funny, but if you don't have time to edit it, we'll just do plug zone as normal. This is plug zone I... as normal because the episode oh. comes out no, no, tomorrow. No, no, hear me out, hear me out, because it, it'd be super easy to do. You just you should just take screenshots of all your fucking weird tweets and post them as like a slideshow in the video and read over them. <laughs> well, maybe I'll read them now. <laughs> Yeah, just read them now. Okay, you can do that. And then if you have time, you can screenshot them in as well. Let's start. So I started trying. I desperately want people to uh, start reading April Space. I've just been tweeting these recently. Things Which like, you should uh, because it's a genuinely great story and I want more people to talk about it We've just finished the first story arc, so it's a good time to hop on. Yeah. So, <laughs> couldn't help but notice you're not reading April Space. That's kind of weird. <laughs> huh? You don't read April Space? I, I don't think you can come to my birthday party anymore. Mr. President, we have confirmation from the Pentagon. The meteor would definitely annihilate all life on Earth unless you read April Space, sir. There are 18 chapters out now, so if you start reading immediately, you can catch up before the meteor hits. I'm sorry. The test results just came in. 
your immune system has a severe deficiency of aferal space. There's only one treatment, I'm afraid. Read aferal space. And that's it. <laughs> nice. What an arc. Go read Aetheral Space. If you do, I will personally give you one, one single hug over the internet. And if you do read Aetheral Space and you like it, maybe you should leave a review. On Royal Don't Road. Know. Or at the very least, a comment. I can't because it feels disingenuous to make a Royal Road, Royal Road account and then flip through all the chapters just to comment. And then people will be like, you only have .2 hours of reading and you made a giant review? It would feel <laughs> bad. Well, we'll see. We'll see but, if Darnell's guilty conscience brings him to the right path. I've <laughs> done more than anyone else to promote the series with you because I genuinely love it. I talk about it with you all the time. I change my name on Discord for you. It's never enough. It's never enough. <laughs> I've gone enough. to such lengths for you. It's never enough for you. You always want more. Darnell, now yeah. I ask you for one more thing. Mm-hmm. We agreed, right? To leave the, the safe zone, I must steal your power. I, you don't need to steal what I give freely. You look, you look in front of you, and I'm already holding out the orb of my soul. I see. I snatch it from your hand and consume it. I my eyes uh, go white as I fade into death. <laughs> How Tune in next time to see if Darnell gets resurrected. Probably not. <laughs> to be continued. Bye.